Hello, Cathedral. It's great to see everybody today. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It's Christmas time here at Cathedral. You can see all the lights. You can see the trees. And just in case you're still not sure what time of year it is, look at the shoes that I'm wearing today. Can you see that? These are my Christmas shoes. It's Christmas time here at Cathedral, and we're so glad that you're here with us, wherever you're at on campus, those watching online. I, I read that this last Monday, Cyber Monday, that our country, we broke a record, that we spent more than $9 billion online. And I know at our house, we did our part. I heard about this cell phone that went off in a locker room at a golf course, and the man reached over, picked it up, and answered it and said, hello? And the lady said, honey, I'm out here doing some Christmas shopping. Are you at the club? He said, yes, I am. She said, I have found some great deals. There's a laptop that's 10% off, and I was thinking about getting it for our daughter. He said, great idea. She said, and there's this $2,000 leather coat that is to die for that I thought I would get for mom. Is that okay? He said, yeah. She said, just one more thing. I've had my eye on this diamond ring, and today they will let me take it home for $5,000. Could I get that gift for myself? He says, sure, honey, go ahead. She said, love you. He said, I love you too. Hung up the phone, looked around the locker room and said, does anybody know whose phone this is? <laughs> Somebody's in trouble. Uh-oh. You know, gift giving is such a big part of what we do every year. And for these next three weekends, I'd like us to look at the very first Christmas gifts. We find that story in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2. And I'm going to invite you to stand with me, please, for the reading of God's Word as we re-engage a familiar story, Matthew chapter 2. You can see it up on the screens. Follow along as I read it. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. This happened while Herod was king of Judea. After Jesus' birth, wise men from the east. Wise men from the east. The wise men were from the east side of town, amen. As we call it at Cathedral, the blessed side of town, amen. The wise men were from the east, and they came to Jerusalem. They asked, where is the child who's been born to be king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose. Now we have come to worship him. 
When King Herod heard about it, he was very upset. Everyone in Jerusalem was troubled too. Because if Herod ain't happy, nobody's happy. So Herod called together all the chief priests of the people. He also called the teachers of the law. He asked them where the Messiah was going to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, this is what the prophet Micah has written. He said, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are certainly not the least important among the towns of Judah. A ruler will come out of you. He will rule my people Israel like a shepherd. Then Herod called for the wise men secretly. He found out from them exactly when the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem. He said, go, make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, bring me a report. Then I can go and worship him too. Yeah, right, Herod. Say that with me. Yeah, right, Herod. Say it with a little attitude. Yeah, right, Herod. We know what you're really up to. You can't fool us. After the wise men had listened to the king, they went on their way. The star they had seen when they were in the east went ahead of them. It finally stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. The wise men went to the house. There they saw the child with his mother Mary. And can we read these last two lines together and fill this place with the word of God? Everybody. They bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures. They gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Can we give God praise for his word? Amen. Three gifts. That's why we think there are three wise men, because they gave three gifts. And for the next three weekends, I'd like to open one gift a weekend and unpack it with you. Because inside each of these gifts is a clue, a powerful clue to who Jesus is and what he has done for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment in time. Thank you for another day that you've blessed us with. Thank you for this group of amazing people, cathedral family and friends and guests that are here today. I pray that you would speak to us, that we would meet you in this moment, and that our lives will be changed in the best kind of way, so this week will be different because we met you right here and right now in Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory. All God's people said, Amen. can we give God praise one more time? Amen. We serve an amazing God. So here's what I'm going to invite you to do. Let's get interactive before we get things going. I want you to think with me. When you hear the phrase, the king, who's the per first person that comes to your mind? When you hear the phrase, the king, 
Who's the first person that comes to your mind? And before you're seated, look at two or three people and tell them who that is. Let's take just a moment out, get interactive. Who's the first person that comes to your mind when you hear the phrase, the king? This was the question they once asked during an episode of Family Feud. Anybody ever watch Family Feud? So Steve Harvey's the host, and they asked, well, they had a survey, what do you think of when you hear the word the king? And then the contestants tried to guess what 100 people said. And so at the bottom of that list, there were two people who said Burger King <laughs> is what they thought of. They must have been hungry. And then there were three people who said Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King. And then there were seven people who said Jesus, the king. And the number one answer, can you guess what the number one answer is? You got it right. Elvis Presley, 81 people said Elvis Presley. I was surprised no one said King James. That really shocked me. <laughs> now, when it comes to hearing the phrase, the king, Matthew, the writer of what we just read, he wants to make sure that the first thing that comes to our minds as we read his story is Jesus, that Jesus, she's got it right, he's got it right, yeah, way to go, that Jesus is the true king. Anytime you ask a question in church, the right answer is always Jesus. Amen. And Matthew wants us to know that. That's why he includes the nativity story. No other gospel writer has this story in it. But he includes the story of the wise men because he wants to highlight Jesus as the king. When we open the box and we find out what is the gift that the wise men brought, the wise men brought a gift of gold. And gold was a gift you would give to a king. The wise men had, well, they're familiar with a prophecy that was written many years before in Numbers chapter 24 Verse 17, it said, a star will come from among the people of Jacob. A king will rise up out of Israel. And the wise men, they saw the star and they searched for the king. They asked the question, where is he that is born the king? And when they find Jesus, they bow down before him and they worship him and they give him the gift of gold, which is a gift you would give to a king. 
Matthew wants to make sure we don't miss that this is who Jesus is. That Jesus is the king from the moment of his birth to the moment of his death. You know, later on, as Jesus is standing before Pilate, Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, you have said so. I am the king. And then they take Jesus and they nail him to a cross and they put a sign above his head. Now the sign is meant to mock him, but after the resurrection, it boomerangs and ends up speaking truth to power and says, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Matthew wants us to see in his gospel, don't miss who Jesus is. Jesus is the king that the world had been waiting for. Can we give praise to the king today? That's Matthew's presentation of Jesus to us. Have you noticed how many legends in our culture have to do with the idea of a king? That even though we live in a democracy, you know, stories like King Arthur or Lord of the Rings or Lion King, they capture the imagination and they draw our interest. Take, for example, the Lion King. How many have seen the Lion King? Let me see your hands. Uh, you, you know what? Somebody also in this box, they gave me a DVD of The Lion King. And I love The Lion King. I, I saw the original with my kids, and then I saw the remake with my grandkids. That's how you know you're getting older. <laughs> and you know the theme of the movie, a new king is born. And then, until the king takes his place, the land becomes dark and desolate. Destruction is everywhere. But then the king shows up. And when the king shows up, the world begins to thrive again. Think about how many stories are like that, where the king shows up and makes the world right. And there's something about that that resonates in our hearts, that even though we live in a democracy and in a fallen world, a democratic form of government is still the best option we have. But there's something inside of us that seems to long if there was only a true king, a good king, who could show up one day and make everything right in our world again. And Matthew wants us to know the true king has shown up and his name is Jesus. Can somebody say amen? His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. The psalmist, well, he 
looked forward to the day when Jesus would show up and he writes, God says, but as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain, that Jesus is the king that the world had been waiting for. And one day Jesus, the true king, is going to return and completely make the world right again. And when he does, he'll be wearing a robe that says, King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Matthew doesn't want us to miss the message of who Jesus really is and what he's come to do. Jesus is the true king, the king above all kings. Jesus is the real lion king. Can we give him praise? Hallelujah. He is the lion king and we give him praise today. I wonder what's what else is in this box? Would you look at that? There's a chess set in this box. And here are two pieces from the chess set. They're two kings. Of course, these kings are rival kings. We know what a rivalry is. I saw this one sign next to a Burger King that said, why eat with a clown when you can dine with a king? <laughs> we know about rivalries. And in our story, we read about another king, a rival king. His name is Herod. Now, isn't it interesting? Herod had the same opportunity as the wise men. He heard about the king. He knew where the king was. Same opportunity. He said that he even wanted to go and worship the king. Yeah, right, Herod. Say it with me. Yeah, right, Herod. Because the new king represented a threat to him. And anything that threatened Herod... If Herod ain't happy, then nobody's happy. Herod would eliminate any threat to his kingdom. He once had three of his own sons executed because he felt threatened by them. There was a saying in that day that said, it was safer to be one of Herod's pigs than to be one of Herod's sons. And so when the little king appears, the big bad king is going to try and get rid of him. He says to the wise men, go and search diligently for the child. Did you catch that? He can't even call him the king. He calls him the child. Can't get those words out of his mouth because if he finds him, he'll kill him. And that's what he tries to do. He will kill every single baby in Bethlehem trying to get rid of a threat to his kingship. He's a monster. And then I step back. And I look at my own life and I wonder, is there a little bit of Herod 
Is there? On the inside of me? I mean, there's all kinds of rival kings that, that show up and try to compete for the kingship of Jesus. I mean, there are kings that show up. They want me to say, I'll have no king but power. Or I'll have no king but success. Or I'll have no king but comfort. Or I'll have no king but the approval of others. But the most fundamental threat to the true king, it's not from out there, it's in here. It's this picture right here. I'll have no king but me. I want to be my own boss. I want to do my own thing. I want to go my own way. There's no king but me. And any threat to that, threat to self, I rebel against it. So on the inside of me, there's a part of me that wants to follow the wise men, to bow down and worship the true king, and yet there's another part of me that's it's a little bit like Herod. It's all about me. There's no king but me. And maybe God brought you here because I'm not alone. God brought you here so I could give you a little nudge to walk in the steps of the wise men, to bow down and worship the true king, the king of all kings, and to give him the proper place that he deserves in my life Instead of treating Jesus as a consultant, I honor Jesus as my king. I say to Jesus, yeah, let's give him praise. That's a good place. I say to Jesus, Jesus, you are my king. I want your values to be my values. I really do. And I want your ways to be my ways. And I want your truth to be my truth because your truth is the truth. Can somebody say amen to that? <laughs> Jesus, you're not my consultant. You're my king. And I want you to dictate the purpose that I live for and the dreams that I pursue. Jesus, you're not a consultant. You're, you're my king. And I want you to determine the way that I spend my money and the way that I use my time. Jesus, you are my king. You're not my consultant. And I want you to show me how. How I should treat my family and how I should engage my work. Jesus, I'm tired of treating you as a consultant. Instead, Jesus, I recognize you for who you really are. You are king of kings and lord of all lords, and I bow my life before you. I have to do it every single day. But when you do,
our, our popular culture is, boy, there's, a, there's an earthquake going on right now because of what's happened to one rap artist. Now, I'm an old classic rock guy myself, so I don't know that much about rap, but even I know who Kanye is. And Kanye has gone through some kind of conversion, and he came out recently with an album called Jesus is King. Yeah. And lyrics from that album, let me read you some of the lyrics. It goes like this. Follow Jesus, listen and obey. No more living for the culture. We nobody slay. Stand up for my home, even if I take this walk alone. I bow down to the king upon the throne. My life is his. I'm no longer my own. How about that? I never thought I would quote Kanye in church. Never thought. But God has a way of surprising you. In fact, did you see Kanye being interviewed by our friend, Pastor Joel Osteen? Watch the screens, and here's a bit of that interview. I know that God's been calling me for a long time, and the devil's been distracting me for a long time. When I was, you know, in my lowest points, you know, God was there with me, and sending me visions and inspiring me. And I remember sitting in the, the hospital at UCLA after having a mental breakdown and there's uh, documentations of me drawing a church and saying, writing, a, start a church in the, in the middle of Calabasas. And even after that, I went and made the, the Life of Pablo album. I said, this is a gospel album. And I didn't know how to totally make a gospel album. And the Christians that were around were too, um, I would say, beaten into submission by society to not speak up and profess the gospel to, you know, to me because I was a superstar. So, but the, the only superstar is Jesus. It, it, it's going to compare to places that you're in in life where people tell you to quiet your voice and not talk about Jesus, you know, so loud. But everything else is so loud around. So even for someone who's professing God and saying this is going to be a, go a gospel album, the devil's going to come and do everything he can to distract people from knowing how to fully be in service to the Lord. And all of that arrogance and confidence and cockiness that y'all seen me use uh, before God is now using for him. Because every time I stand up, I feel that I'm standing up and drawing a line in the sand and saying, I'm here in service to God, and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Amen. Let's give God praise. The power of bowing your knee before the king. 
Well, Matthew wants to make sure we don't miss the message that this gift of gold is the gift for a king. Jesus isn't a consultant. He's come to us as king. And when we bow our knee before Jesus, let me see what else is in this box. I've got one other thing. There's a pack of playing cards. And on top, would you look at that? It's the king of hearts. And when you bow your knee before the king, you come to recognize the heart of the king. And the heart of the king is love. In fact, I want to tell you a fairy tale. But in order to do that, I need some ambiance. So if the tech team can help me out, can you put an image behind me? There we go. And then Tommy, can you help me out with some music? Now I'm ready. So there once was a king who lived in a mighty castle, but he fell in in love with a beautiful, humble maiden. And he wondered, how am I going to win her love? And he thought, I know what I'll do. I'll send my soldiers to go and, and bring her back to the castle. She can't resist that. And he thought, well, if I force her to come to the castle to live with me, she might fear me, but how do I know she would ever love me? So he came up with another idea and he thought, here's what I'll do. I'll show up with my royal entourage. I'll ride up with my royal carriage and well, woo her off her feet that way. She couldn't resist that. Bring her back to the castle with me. And then he thought, well, if I do that, how will I know? Does she love me just for my money? Or does she really love me? And then another idea hit him. And he thought, I'll leave the throne room of the palace and I'll dress up like a peasant and I'll go and meet her right where she's at and I'll try to win her love by declaring my love for her and hopefully she'll join me in the castle and that's what he did and she said yes to his love and they lived in the castle forever and ever that's the end how about a nice hand for Tommy thank you Tommy that's right out of the Hallmark channel and then you look at the story of Christmas it's not a fairy tale But it almost sounds too good to be true that the king of the universe loves us so much that he leaves his throne room in heaven, comes all the way from heaven to earth, is born as a flesh and blood baby to declare his love for us. He becomes one of us to win our love and to capture our hearts. You see the heart of our king. And when we say yes to the king and we go and live with him, 
in his castle. Oh my. There's a day coming when you and I will be a part of that eternal kingdom forever and forever. We will rule and reign with Jesus. Anybody looking forward to that day? Let's give him praise. That's our future that anchors our present. But even now, do you know who you are? Do you know where you live? When you say yes to the king, he brings you into the castle. Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come and your will be done right here on earth, even as it is in heaven. And it can, in so many ways it can. I was thinking about this age of anxiety. Man, it's everywhere. And anxiety is a complicated issue. But part of the anxiety has to do with this whole issue of kingship. When I'm my own king, and I'm trying to handle problems on my own and stress on my own and demands on my own. When I feel the weight of the world on my own shoulders, I feel like this statue of Atlas in New York City. This one statue of Atlas, Atlas carrying the weight of the world sentenced by the gods to carry the weight of the world on his shoulders. And he's about to buckle because that's a heavy load. And truth be told, there's someone here, there's someone, someone watching online. That's exactly the way you feel right now. The demands of life are just buckling your knees. But today is the day to know who you are and to know whose you are and to know where you live. When Jesus is your king and you live in his castle, the king protects those who are in his kingdom. The king provides for those who are in his kingdom. And the king invites us to take the cares of our world and cast them upon him and let him carry the world on his shoulders because he can handle the weight. Isaiah 9 puts it this way. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. If you'll take your world and put it on the shoulders of Jesus. Talk about a relief. This is, as, as we move toward this Christmas, it's been almost a year since my dad passed away and went home to heaven. Join Jesus in that eternal kingdom. And yeah, let's give God praise. It's the hope that anchors our soul. And I miss him. I really do. I, I just miss him. But he, he gave my brother and I a ton of wisdom. And I'll never forget the time he told me 
My dad knew what it was to feel the demands and the stress and the pressures of life. You know, founding pastor of the Cathedral of Faith, doing a startup television station. Boy, he had carried the weight of the world on his shoulders before. And he said one of the best things he ever did was the day he resigned. And I said, what? He said, yeah, the day I resigned. He said, I wrote a letter to God. And it said, dear God, I hereby resign as the manager of the universe. It's too much. And God accepted his resignation. And is that the letter you need to write today? Dear God, I resign as manager of the universe. I'll be who I am, but Jesus, I want you to be who you are. When you are my king, there's another statue on the other side of the street, that same street in New York. On one side is Atlas, but you go inside St. Patrick's Cathedral, and there's another statue of the child Jesus. And here's this tiny little arm and a tiny little hand, and the whole world is inside his hand. And so here's my question to you today. Which side of the street do you want to live on this week? Do you want to live on this side? Or do you want to live on this side? You are a part of God's kingdom. Jesus is your king. Know who you are. Know whose you are. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? As the tech team comes out and clears the stage for an amazing song that Tehran's going to, well, help us to celebrate who Jesus is and what he's done for us. But if you would say, Pastor Ken, those watching online, Pastor Ken, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. I know about Jesus. I've heard about Jesus. I think Jesus was a good guy. But I've never really stepped across the line. Every journey starts with a step. And today, you're stepping across the line and becoming a follower of Jesus. The Bible says if you confess that Jesus is Lord, and you receive him as savior, you become a part of that kingdom. I wanna agree that today is your day. If that's the decision you're making today, lift up your hand real high and say, Pastor Ken, that's me. God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you up in the balcony. God bless you, God bless you right here. God bless you. And I wanna, I wanna pray for, for all of us now. Father, I, I thank you for those who are stepping across the line and becoming followers of Jesus and declaring that Jesus is king. And Lord, all of us today, we come before you. And Jesus, we bow the knee before you and we declare that you are our king. We push aside rival kings and we bow our knee before you, Jesus, the king with a loving heart. And Jesus, I pray for those who have been carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders, that they would transfer that weight to you, that they would let you be king, that they would be who they are, but they would let you be who you are, and that they would move in greater peace this week. For Jesus' name, 
and Jesus' glory. All God's people said, amen. Can we give him praise? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, our creative arts team and the light team and Tehran is coming to help us celebrate. You're going to want to stand up for this because you got to, well, you can't sit down during this song. It's too exciting. Jesus is king and we have something to celebrate today. Welcome them as they come. Let's celebrate that gift. Anybody like Motown? Yeah, I got a Motown background, so we're gonna put Motown with Christmas. Think about that day in Bethlehem, maybe it went something like this.
Would you, one more time, would you let Toronto know how much you appreciate him being with us?